Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is the Ninja Pastor with Sunday's God in Country with Dr. Sean. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical reverend. Dr. Sean is a proud U.S. military veteran, former law enforcement officer, founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through his riveting national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This show is biblically and politically engaged in the battle to save our country, with a pedal to the metal, with this Sunday's edition of Sundays with Dr. Sean. Buckle up. Here's your host, the author of the critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Reverend Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, with today's message. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today and joining us here. So if you were in the uh, the uh, Newark area, you'd be with us. You would have, let's just list the food, just for fun. <sighs> We've got uh, homemade lamb. Is it called lamb stew? Lamb stew, unbelievable. We have like a macaroni and cheese and chicken. Italian delight, it's called. It's amazing. Uh, we have chocolate chip cookies. Pimento spread. We have fudge, too. Oh, I didn't see that. Mint fudge. Okay, I'll have to check that out. I'll have to check that out on the way out. Uh, mint fudge, and we've got uh, Tuscan bread, and we've got ice cream, which I think is the theme with us. We may or may not have a problem. And uh, an egg salad, really, really good stuff. So if you're here... Now, next week, we're meeting in our Middletown location, so contact me through theninjapastor.com. Contact us and click on that and send your information to us. We'll tell you exactly where to go and uh, in a nice way. And uh, But it'll be nice. We'll be over there uh, next week, so we'll be meeting there next week. So we also want to send a shout-out to our, our friends that are regular attenders. Susan is uh, sick. Don is sick. Uh, who else we got that's sick? We got a bunch that are sick. So we miss you guys, and we love having you here, and it's awesome. And uh, uh, so, and also we want to give a shout out to our folks in New York. We have a guest listening to us. Also, uh, Kel Fritzy of uh, RFB Radio is listening. So we're we're glad to have you. We're just glad. Uh, Craig from upstate New York is, is plugged in. He and his wife, we love having you listen. And uh, we really appreciate, you, you know, everybody that's involved with this. It's just a, it's a neat thing. And I always say this, uh, if you're in the Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, or New Jersey area, we're close. Uh, even when we meet in Middletown, it's, it's a really, really, it's easy. It's a piece of cake. And we'll feed you. I don't know many churches that will feed you, but we'll do it. So God's will for your life. Oh, also, by the way, a uh, quick shout-out to the Cahalan family, my buddy Chris. My buddy uh, is is in a fight. He's got chemo. He's kicking chemo in the teeth and got God by his side and a great uh, family, the Cahalan and Ellingson family, and we really uh, need to keep praying for them. Also, for Carson, we need to keep praying for Carson. Uh, he's, he's a tough guy, man. He is a tough, tough guy. So... Uh, 
all great people. We're so blessed to have great people around us all the time. And isn't that a cool thing? You know, a lot of people go around uh, in their life and they'll say lots of good things to you about you. And they'll say lots of good things uh, to you about others. We're not gospers. They don't they don't say bad things. They're they're just good people. They're they're awesome people. Great attitude. Uh, they really appreciate uh, people. But when it comes to themselves, they don't have much good to say about themselves. Negative self-talk. God says, don't talk about God's children. Don't talk bad about don't talk bad about God's kids. You're one of God's kids if you've placed your faith in Him. And if you do, you're going to have God to answer to. So the question is, who are you listening to? about you who are you talking to about you who are you conferring with you can tell me is it you are you conferring with you about you because there's one thing i know about me is i'm not a reliable person to listen to about me oftentimes i I just can't listen i can't accurately listen i can't trust the information that i give me about me and then we're talking about God's will for your life. And it seems like we have two sermons here that are going to be melted together. But I kind of think that they go hand in hand. I really do. I really do. So we're going to share these with you. God's will for your life and bad self-talk. So James 4.11, brothers, stop speaking against each other. Whoever speaks against a brother or judges a brother is speaking against Torah and judging Torah. And if you judge Torah, you're not a doer of what Torah says, but a judge. There's but one giver of Torah. He is also the judge with the power to deliver and to destroy. Who do you think you are judging your fellow human being? Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow will go go to such and such a city, stay there a year trading and make a profit. You don't even know if you'll be alive tomorrow. For all you are is a mist that appears a little while and then disappears. Instead, you ought to say, if Adonai wants it to happen, we will live to do this or that. God's will. God's will. It's, it's, it's so often not what we think it is. And a lot of times, it's not what we want it to be, <laughs> for being honest. Greg Laurie reminded me of uh, this week about this story. The book of Acts tells the story of Philip and how the Lord was blessed was blessing him in Samaria and, and as he preached the gospel. Everything was going well. People were coming to faith. Some might say it was a successful ministry. Miracles were taking place. Then God told him to go to the desert. Now, God told him, hold up now. God told him to go to the desert. Well, wait, Lord, I'm here. People are coming to faith, followers of the way. But remember, they weren't called Christians. They were called followers of the way. If you were called a Christian, that was pejorative. So people are coming to faith. People are, are following Christ, and people are, are getting plugged in to, the, to doing what they should do. I mean, it was really, it was a successful thing. Why would you mess with a successful, I mean, it's a good plan. Now, how do we know plans are working? Well, when they're working. We know the plan is working when it's working. So we follow the plan, and we we measure it, that it's working by the fruit of it, right? We look at that, and we say, well, this is what God, surely this is what God wants me to do. 
Obviously, this is what God wants me to do. I'm doing this. This is God's will. I'm in God's will. But then God told Philip, go into the desert. Well, didn't you tell me to come here and set this up, and now you tell me to go in the desert? There aren't people there. But not only did God tell him to go into the desert, but he told him to go to Gaza, to a desolate road that was rarely used. So so God has told Philip, hey, you know what? Love what you're doing. Working great. Great things are happening. So how about you get out to the desert where you can preach to the sand? But not only did he tell him to go to this rarely used road, but he told him to go at the hottest time of the day. It didn't seem like it made any sense at all. Why in the world would you tell me, Lord, to go to Gaza, God forsaken Gaza, into the desert, and you tell me to go on this desolate road? You know, I could I could get accosted. I could get people could attack me. Pirates, whatever, road pirates, dirt pirates, sand pirates, whatever you want to even call them, they're going to attack me. And you're telling me to go during the hottest time of the day. Well, I don't know that that makes a lot of sense, Lord. I might have raised his hand and said, I'm going to check, make sure I got this right. I mean, it's not the secret message that Bond gets that self-destructs, but it's clearer. So I just want to know, did I hear you correctly? You want me to stop doing what is obviously very successful. Thank you, Lord. People are coming to Christ. I thought that was the objective. And stuff is happening that is good for the kingdom. It's good for the kingdom. Well, I just don't know, folks. I don't know. What if you were Philip? He's telling you to go into the desert. He's telling you to go into one of the worst places in existence at the time. He's telling you to take the most desolate road. Oh, and by the way, he's telling you, by the way, just a quick reminder, this is the Middle East. And he's telling you to go during the hottest time of the day. Essentially, this is what God said. Go out to the middle of the desert, to a deserted road in the middle of the afternoon, and I'm going to show you what to do next. I'm not going to tell you why you're going right there, listening. And I'm sure maybe the people here in the live audience, there are people listening out there all around the world listening to this. By the way, I want to announce on the radio just for fun, we got notified by, by uh, the, the group that carries this broadcast that our, one of our Sunday broadcasts from May went over a million downloads this week. How cool is that? You should go to the website, drshawngreener.com. Click on them. They're all free. won't cost you a penny. No, no commercials, no nothing on Sunday thing, but that's kind of cool. But I know that there's people out there that say, look, I want to know what – I'd like to have a plan. This is how I want my plan to be, okay? This is what I'd like. Lord, if I'm, if I'm sharing with God, this is me and the Lord talking. Look, I appreciate you giving me plans. I like that. I like you ordering my steps, and I like you caring so much about me that – this is what we do. But I have a little problem. I just want to point this out to you. I have a little problem. And the problem I have is you leave off some steps sometimes. No criticism. You're God and you're awesome and, and I love you. But I'm a human and I really like to see if you could just tell me what's around that corner. If you could just tell me what's around the corner, then I'm good. I can, you know, I'm, I'm like, okay, I'll go through a struggle. It'll be hard. It'll be a little bit difficult. But I just would like to know what's around that corner. If you could just 
If you just tell me, you know what, you don't have to just text me a picture, right? Text me a picture of what I'm going to be, maybe an email, Facebook post, whatever, social media. I'll use anything. I'm on Twitter, at the Ninja Pastor. I'm on Instagram, at the Ninja Pastor. Whatever you want to do, God and Country Radio Show on on Facebook, whatever, whatever you want to do, but just you post it there if you could. Just show me what to do. Maybe, if, let's say, maybe you could just add some maybe some bullet points. I like bullet points. There's not a whole lot of narrative bullet points. You put them under the picture in case I don't understand the picture. What's this you send to me, Lord? Right? If it was Jonah, the in, the innards of a big fish. You know, uh, I'm sorry, I don't know what this is that you're showing me. Some kind of weird photography thing? No, but he's. You know, I just want to. I just want to. That right around there, I just want to, I can't, I can't quite see, look, I'm going to go into this desert, I'm going to take this terrible road, I'm going to do all that, but I'd really like to know why, and I'd like to know what's the thing that's going to happen, but no, what's he do? He says, God says, go out to the middle of the desert, wander on this desolate road where it's super dangerous, and go during the hottest time of the day, that'll be great for you, and my plan, my will for your life, my will for the kingdom. And then once you get there into the hot desert, I'm going to show you what's next. Sometimes, wait, let me let me correct that. Some, not sometimes. All the time, most of the time, God's will doesn't make any sense to us. We He tells us what to do. This might be why he doesn't show us the thing, because we would never go around the corner. We would never do the thing. We would never do the way we'd be like, are you kidding me? You want me to do that? I'm not David. I'm not. I'm not uh, I'm not Shaul or Paul. I'm not Philip. I'm not any of these great Tepha. I'm not Peter. You know, I, I'm I'm just a regular dude. I can't. You want me to do that thing that's right around there? My goodness, I just don't know. Holy moly, man, I just don't know. But most of the time, if we're being honest, God's will doesn't make any sense to us. We may plan to do a certain thing that seems like it's, I don't know, conventional wisdom. Maybe it's reasonable. Maybe if we shared our plan with our friends, our friends would go, you know, that sounds conventional and wise and reasonable to me. Sounds like a good thing to do. But then we say, hey, you know what? Hey, I talked about my Chris. Here's a great example. Now, Chris is battling pancreas cancer right now. But here's the crazy thing. Chris is one of those super smart guys. You know, you have to be super smart to be an actuary. Anybody ever, you know what an actuary does, right? It's like the crazy super math that nobody really wants to do because you got to be super smart. Well, he did that, and he was really doing great. My buddy uh, BJ, I don't know if BJ's listening today. He just got back from Indonesia. Welcome back. Glad to have you. Don, welcome. We we uh, we mentioned you for prayer. Hope you're feeling better. Hope I think that's Susan listening now, too. We hope you're li- hope you're feeling better. We miss you. But here's the thing. My buddy BJ, I've known him since he was just a little kid, really a phenomenal preacher, phenomenal uh, theologian, uh, phenomenal dad and husband. You're really awesome guy, great brother, great son to his mother and father, really just a, a great guy, really awesome guy. A very successful accountant, right, goes to, you know, accounting school, goes to college, gets his degree, does all these things, he's a successful accountant, powerful firm. You know, really great real estate. God says, hey, BJ, you know what I'd like you to do? You're married and all, I know. But what I'd like you to do, <laughs> this is what I'd like you to do. 
remember how you did that accounting school and you went and got that job and you worked your way up the ladder and you're really in that really nice real estate now, the, the you know, swank real estate and you're, you're widely respected and, you know, you don't have to worry about paying your bills. You know what I'd like you to do? I'd like you to go to seminary and become a preacher. I mean, this might have been me. I'm not going to imitate BJ. I don't know if I can. Now, now, Lord, he doesn't talk like this, but it's just more funny. It's it's funnier if he if I say it like this. He does have a southern accent. No, no kidding. Except when he preaches. No southern accent when he preaches. Now, Lord, you do know that you sent me to accounting school, and I did well, and I got this good job, and now I'm supporting my family. And now you're telling me that you want me to go to seminary and you want me to be you you want me to be a what? A preacher? Well, I don't I don't think I heard you right. Right? And then he tries to disconnect the line. I don't know. He probably fought it like I did. <laughs> but he did it. And it's I'm gonna be honest with you. Had he seen what was coming, he probably wouldn't have. None of us would. Because the church, air quotes, Radio Land can't hear me, can't see me doing the air quotes, but the church, the alleged church, the loving, sweet church, the postmodern emergent, you know, Western evangelical church, chewed him up and spit him out because he said, if I'm going to preach, I'm going to preach the word, full and true, the full gospel. And they traveled all over the country and and uh, built churches and, and preached the gospel, and, and guess what happened? After a while, the people said, ooh. Well, you stomped on my foot. We might better get a group together and, and band against you, send you and your family, hike, send you on a hike. So they went to the next place, then the next place, then the next place. It was a massive blessing until, boy, you step on the wrong toes, you preach the wrong thing. People say, Mm-mm, no, not here, you're not. He just finished a gig. He's a he's an accountant again. He's a, a bivocational pastor. And um, so he just finished preaching. I don't know how many years he was preaching the church lost his pastor, and, and they contacted him and said, hey, would you be willing to come and preach? Presbyterian church, and he's not even Presbyterian, he's Southern Baptist. So he preached there. He preached there for a long time, and they finally found a pastor, and, you know, it's a sad but happy day. Um, but, but you know, he, he didn't see around the corner, and sometimes God blesses us by not showing us around the corner. Good lands. If, if, if he showed us around the corner, most of us wouldn't go. I wouldn't go. I didn't go. That's just a fact. So we have these plans, and we think that it's conventional, it's reasonable, it's wise, and so we do it. But then God may and often does intervene. He did in my case. He did in my case. I'm telling you, it was the craziest thing. I was actually just down the road from where we're doing our live broadcast today. I spent all day, my dear friends at Campanellas, love them, love them, love them, some of my oldest friends. I'm telling you, uh, some of my very best friends in all of life, it, you should be so lucky to have friends like them. They're just unreal. And so they allowed me to stay at their home. Uh, and, you know, if you've seen me and you see how I eat, that's that's a tall order. These are the most amazing people. And they had me to their home, and I love their kids. I've known their kids each since they were an hour old. And I love them. I just I love this family. And so but one day... Now, Saturdays, they're they're a very planned out, you know, they have plans. And think Saturday is pancake day. And John makes pancakes. He gets up in the morning and makes pancakes. And I'm telling you, they're awesome pancakes. They're not just pancakes. They're John pancakes. And John pancakes are awesome. And it's fun. 
Get them while they're hot. And they know old, old Sean doesn't miss a meal, as you can tell. <laughs> so I didn't show. And then I didn't show. I'm up in my room, very lovely room that they had for me. And and uh, I got up this day, and I said, my goodness, this is something's on me here. Just something's on me. I can't get it off of me. And it was the spirit of the living God, Rakh HaKodesh. The Holy Spirit was all on me that day. And I couldn't get it off that morning. So I got up and I, I scooched around the little chair and I put my computer, my laptop on the bed and I started listening to sermons and, and different uh, lectures and different things. Before I knew it, these kids were knocking on the door. Sean, are you okay? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'm just in the middle of something. I can't really break away from it. I don't really know what it is, but it's something. Okay, we left some pancakes and some drink out here for you, which if you know them, food doesn't leave the kitchen. You don't need food in your But I thought, oh, boy, my goodness, that's something. They were worried about me. And throughout the whole day long, I'm in this deep sense, sort of a, a deep uh, meditation, deep prayer, and, and a rejecting God's call. And no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I'm, I'm no good for that job. I'm disqualified. I've disqualified myself for it. And then finally, after about eight hours, I kid you not, about eight hours, I happened to look out the window. I turned my head all the way to the right, looked out the window, and there was a double rainbow. Now, there wasn't rain, but there was a double rainbow. Now, I thought that was all in my head. I thought, uh-oh. I said, oh, now this um, part of the story I left out. The double rainbow didn't appear. I didn't turn my head and finally look outside until I said, okay, Father, okay, <laughs> I'm through fighting. Since I'm a kid, I've been fighting you on this. I'm not fighting anymore. If you say it's okay, then I'll do it. I turned to my right, double rainbow. I think I'm the only one that saw it. Till there was a family party at the Campanellas, which they have the best, do they not, have the best family parties ever. And so, so family party at the Campanellas, and I happened to be sitting at a table, and this dear lady says, did you all see that double rainbow? Right over there. I, I got chills. I literally got chills. I said, oh, my goodness, it wasn't in my head. Because, you know, I think some of the stuff that I think might be a little bit crazy. So God God might have another plan. The idea is that we should remember God in our plans. We make all these plans so we don't think about God. That's a man after my own heart. See, he comes straight in, goes right to the ice cream. That's, that's a good move right there. That's a winner move. Love it. Love it. So God, you know, God has these other plans, and, and a lot of times, though, we think, oh, is God fickle? You know, the world describes God as fickle because his plans change, and they say, well, can't he make up his mind? What's wrong with him? This is how they tell us, well, God's not perfect. God's not sovereign. God's, you know, they tell us, because well, if he was, he would never do that. Well, Sean, clearly there's not a God didn't make you because look how messed up you are. God wouldn't have made such a messed up thing. <laughs> God doesn't change. Why would he change plans? He does, why would he change plans? Why, was, why would anybody change plans? They do it. They do it right from the start. It would be so great. It would be from the start. But he changes plans. He changes our plans. Often in his writings, Shaul or the Apostle Paul, he would refer to the will of God for his life. He told the believers at Ephesus he would return to them for renewed ministry if God willed. He said, look, if God wills this, I'm going to do it. And he wrote to the Corinthians that he planned to visit them if the Lord willed. And that's important for us to factor into our plans as well. We, we shouldn't always be, I have to say, we shouldn't always be about 
us. But we are, aren't we? I've got to plan out what's going to be the most comfortable for me. Uh, maybe we have a little bit of money. We do some investing. We say, God, this is what I want to happen. If you could do that, we'd sure appreciate it. Hey, you need a job? I need a job. I need you to make it, you know, just look just like this. You'd be like that. Hey, I'm, uh, I have some talent, some gifts. I could use these to make some money, but I, I really need to see down the road where it's successful. You really need to show me that before I'll do it, before I'll trust you fully, before I'll lean into the wind, right? You can't see the wind. I remember the first time I ever did that. Now, I used to love to sail, and uh, and I remember uh, a couple of occasions where I was with friends, and I was called, if you look at me, I'm obviously got some size to me. They would say, hey, I need some rail meat. We're going out, and it's super windy. Now, rail meat, what that is, is, is you kind of, you ever see those pictures of the guys? They've got their feet on the edge of the boat, and the boat is keeling over real hard and going real fast, and the guys are on the upper edge. And they're hanging on. You see them hanging on? You never see that? Yeah, you've got to see it. Everybody sees it. They're great pictures. That was me. I'm that fool. I used to love it. I used to love it. I, I did. I loved it. I loved doing that. Dude, what if you fell in the water? Well, you know, worst ways to go. So, uh, so I'd be that guy. And I remember sometimes, you know, it would be a 30-knot wind. I mean, really, really hardcore wind. And they would say, hey, look, you know, lean into the wind. Can't see the wind. You know, maybe somebody's standing there putting their hand out and say, I'll hold you. you. We more readily do that, right? Lean into the wind. The wind will hold you. It will hold you. We can't see what's coming. Can't see the wind. If the Lord wills. Sometimes the Lord will lead us to a different place than where we would like to go. Let's face it. Sometimes we just don't want to go there. Lord, send me anywhere, but don't send me there. Don't send me to Gaza. That's a God-forsaken, desolate place. I don't want to go there. First of all, the way to Gaza is through this road, and it's hot. Now, remember, Middle East, 127 degrees. Real degrees, not pretend degrees. It's hot. Say we don't want to go there. But we have to realize, we have to come to recognize that it's the will of God. The will of God is perfect. It doesn't look perfect. It doesn't sound perfect. Sometimes he sends us a place where the food doesn't taste perfect. But he has a will. And we should never be afraid of it. We should never be afraid of it. Now here we go. Here's the tether. We're going one to the other now. Ephesians 4.29. Let no harmful language come from your mouth. Only good words that are helpful in meeting the need. Words that will benefit those that hear them. Here's something I bet you never thought of. I bet you never thought of, maybe you did, I'm just the dumb one in the room. Oh, wait, there's an example of negative self-talk. Here's the thing. I bet you might have never thought of this. Let no harmful language come from your mouth. Only good words that are helpful in meeting the need. Words that will benefit those who hear them. Have you ever thought about this? I probably should say. Have you ever thought about this? Talking to others, we think, right? Don't let, you're having a conversation with other people. Don't let that be harmful. Don't let your language be harmful. Only good stuff. Have you ever thought that also applies to you? Who in here talks to themselves? I do. I'm my favorite conversationalist. Well, that and my dog. Right? I talk to my dog, talk to myself all the time. I have good conversations. Good luck with that. Uh, so I, I do that, right? I talk to myself all the time. I have all this talk. And most often, if I'm being fair, if I'm being honest, my talk to myself is negative. They're not good words. They're, it's harmful language. So that applies to ourselves as well. You think, wait a second, that doesn't make sense. Yes, absolutely. Are we not human? 
speaking to humans, harmful language that come from your mouth, only good words that are helpful in meeting the need, words that will benefit those who hear them. Do you hear when you speak? I hear when I speak. When I take these walks, all, those of you who follow my photography on social media, you, you'll say, I took a walk today. And this is what I saw. I hope you enjoy. Sometimes I'll put other little captions, but, but that's predominantly what I do. Well, you know, when I'm walking, and I usually have my little buddy, little Buckeye, pray for her. She's really hurting tonight. Uh, we're going to try to get her to the doctor and get her fixed up. But, she, but she'll be with me, and I'll be carrying on a conversation, just good old conversation with her. And I swear she talks right back to me. And uh, we just have these lovely walks, just lovely walks. And sometimes she'll look at me funny. Because I'll say something. I'll correct myself. I think, oh, you're stupid. What, you big dummy? Why'd you do that? Most often it's because I didn't bring a lens, right, when I have my camera. Today I could have taken a photograph of eight bald eagles. Who in here knows I love photographing bald eagles? Eight bald eagles right above where the hospital where my brother is. If I'd have had even my medium distance lens, I could have taken that shot, and I would have focused right on the eyeball, which is what I want to do, and, and it would have been great. But I didn't have it. You big idiot. You stupid. You're never going to be a photograph, photographer. What are you doing? You're an idiot. You didn't even bring a camera. Who, who doesn't bring a camera? Everybody should bring a camera. If you think you're a photographer, bring a camera. Well, you're no photographer. You're dumb. Right? I had a big, long deal. You know? Boy, it was good. Nobody talks worse than me than me. People think, oh, I'll talk worse to you. No, no, I don't think you can. I don't think you can beat me at it. I'm number one. 10, 16 through 25. This is a complete Jewish Bible, by the way. This is the covenant which I will make with them after those days, says Adonai. I will put my Torah in their hearts. I will write it on their minds. And he adds, and their sins and their wickedness I will remember no more. Now where there is forgiveness for these and offering for sins is no longer needed. Ooh, wait a second. I will remember no more. Are we saying that God has amnesia or maybe Alzheimer's or something? Maybe some, some dementia? No. No, we're saying, he's not saying, look, I'm, I'm going to forget them. He says, I will remember them no more. You need to understand that idiomatically in the Hebrew language, stuff is said a certain way for a reason. And he said it this way for a reason. I will remember it no more. In other words, I'm not going back to that. You ask for forgiveness. You change your way. I'm not going back to that thing. So let it go. I will remember it no more. And if I'm going to remember it no more, you should remember it no more. So don't go back to your vomit. Now, where there's forgiveness for these, an offering for sins is no longer needed. So, brothers, we have confidence to use the way into the holiest place opened by the blood of Yeshua. He inaugurated it for us as a new and living way through the parakeet. Now, that's the veil. That's Hebrew for veil. Really, it's Aramaic for the veil. Uh, by means of his flesh, we also have a great koan over God's household. Therefore, let us approach the holiest place with a sincere heart in the full assurance that comes from trusting. Now we go back to God's will. Comes from trusting. The full assurance that comes from trusting. Have you ever gone to visit somebody and maybe you step up onto the porch and maybe it's the porch not in the greatest shape and you step on a board? Maybe you've been taking steps. How many have done this? There's no light to the basement. You've got to go down in the basement. You don't like going in the basement. And you know that one of these steps, you don't remember exactly which one it is, but one of these steps is a little rickety, and you're saying to yourself, you big dummy, you should have fixed that step. Now, when it was light out, you should have fixed that step. See, you're lazy. You're procrastinating you're lazy. You're the most procrastinating, lazy person I've ever known. Boy, what's it take to fix a step? You've got to be the dumbest thing I ever saw. Now, here you are. You've got to go down to the basement. 
It's dark, and you don't know which step it is. Now, who doesn't remember what step it is? You know that step is fragile and rickety, right? This big, long thing. You go on this big, long thing. You're on a full-on tirade. But have you ever stepped on that step? This is real. I've, I've done this. You step on a step, and you say, mm, I don't feel real confident in that step. I've been on a roof 30, 40 feet in the air. And you know, oh, good lands, this does not feel secure. You don't trust it. You don't trust it. And when you don't trust something, you don't take that full-on step, right? You're not secure. You don't trust. You don't have that assurance. You just don't know for good reason. But in the full assurance that comes from trusting Hashem or God, Adonai Elohim, with our hearts sprinkled clean from a bad conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us continue holding fast to the hope we acknowledge without wavering for the one who has made the promise is trustworthy. You see, God's will and how we talk to ourselves, there is a connection, a tether there that we can't unbind. We can't unbind. Half the time, I'm, tell, I'm, I'm, I'm giving the sizzle in the middle, half the time, we don't trust God because we don't trust ourselves, and we remake ourselves or recreate ourselves in the image. Uh, we re recreate God in the image of ourselves, and that's where we get all jacked up because we think God is fallible like us. We think God is going to mess up like us. We think God is worthy of the talk that we give to ourselves. For the one who made the promise is trustworthy. And let us keep paying attention to one another in order to spur each other on to love and good deeds. You know why half of us, maybe, I don't know how many, I don't know the number, I'm not great at math, but the fact of the matter is, I always tell people, my doctorate's in theology, man, not in math. Have you ever, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Have you ever done something for somebody? You weren't feeling really good about your life, yourself at the time. You just didn't have a good feeling. Maybe you woke up, you were cranky, cranky pants. You know, you're just a cranky pants that morning, get up, and you just, it just it wasn't going right. It just wasn't going. You knew right from the start it was going to be messy. But then you have an opportunity to help some folks. And even though you were cranky pants, you said, oh, I'm going to do it. It's probably, it'll probably be terrible. I will probably be terrible. It will probably be terrible. It's all terrible, but I'm going to do it. You go and do it. And then in the middle of doing that thing, you start to feel somehow or another better. Stuff is better. You start to feel better. It's something like, like the sun starts shining on where you're walking, everywhere you're walking. The sun shines on you. start to feel better. You say, well, today didn't turn out that bad. I'm kind of surprised. I thought I would wreck it by now, but it's not. It's better. You look, if we spend all our time talking bad to ourselves and talking bad about ourselves to ourselves, how in the world do we get to that love and good deeds? I think some of the people that inhabit churches all across the country, they run around so unhappy. They run around so unhappy. Oh, woe is me. And woe will you be you too if you ask me how I'm doing because I'm going to tell you. Got about an hour. And then you, if you ever hear anybody, they got more money than you, but they whine. They got a better future than you, but they whine because that time of uncertainty where they can't see around the corner, going on and on and on about how bad it is today. You say, man, but you've got such a certainty. You've got, you've got such a good future. There's some uncertainty with it, but, man, you could take a look at where I am, right? Sometimes we look at that and we say, you're actually complaining? Sometimes that person is us. Sometimes that, that person that doesn't trust 
is us. Look, I'm, this next verse tells me, look, you got to get gatherings like this are so important. Not, this is verse 25, not neglecting our own congregational meetings, as some have made a practice of doing, but rather encouraging each other. Let us do this all the more as you see the day approaching. Man, do I ever love that. Look, you don't have to in your church serve food. You don't have to. Boy, I love it. This really matches the early church. This matches the early church. This is this is we get together and, and we do stuff and and uh, our brother Wes he's traveling around the world right now. We'll miss him, uh, but but he blows the shofar, which is the trumpet, right? When the Bible says trumpet. It really means shofar. And then we get started. We have some traditional things. We have the lamb. We have we have uh, all kinds of different little things that we do, different types of bread, all kinds of different stuff, and it's cool. And everybody usually is very thoughtful about. Hey, let's not have any ham. We want to be Torah observant. You know, let's not have any sausage or whatever. And and so we try to do that the best we can. But the bottom line is, is we gather together and, and we tell stories. And, and some so many are sick. You know, Miss Gloria, she's not feeling well. Pray for her. But she came. And uh, God bless her. And, you know, folks are tired. They come in tired and, and, and been running around and doing all these things and busy running a business and taking care of mom and and doing all these different things, just just all these different things, the way the world is on you. Yeah, listen, I've I've been to all kinds of different churches, and I've stepped up onto the podium, and they always say to me, they always say to me that if I don't start my sermon, I'm gonna give away a secret. If I get invited to your church, which I'm happy to do, you invite me to your church, you might want to listen to some sermons or give the pastor or whoever a sample of sermons. You don't want him to invite me in, and then all of a sudden he's like, "What in the world?" You know, you don't want that. Bait and switch. Who is this guy and what's he talking about? But, you know, uh, sometimes I will start my message from the audience. I'll have the tech guy mic me up, and I'll say, hey, man, make that where you can't see it. And, uh, and I'll just sit out in the audience. Just bone regular people, I'll be singing the hymns or worship songs, and I'll sing 27 different uh, verses of sounds like the same verse every verse you know these worship songs sometimes they just they don't resonate with me too well some of them really touch my heart but some of them i think ooh, vain repetition anyway i'll be there and i'll be singing and all this and i'll be looking around paying attention what's going on seeing and then come time to talk now the sound guys i always tell them hey listen when when your pastor introduces me uh he's not going to look at me i'm going to be somewhere out in the crowd i just want you to turn turn my mic on just turn my mic on right then and i'm going to start talking don't worry about it it'll be okay and uh, and I'll make make my way up to the front eventually, but that's what I do. But when I don't do that, sometimes when when I say I'm going to be a little bit more traditional, I'll come up and I'll stand and I'll just stand and look at the crowd. Won't say anything. Sometimes for as much as a minute. Boy, silence is awkward, isn't it? I said, Mister, as much as you talk, I don't think you give silence much of a chance. <laughs> but it's true, silence can be powerful. And sometimes I'll stand up there and I'll look and I'll look at faces. I study faces, and boy, I see angst. I see a lot of struggle in people's face. I see a lot of hurt, a lot of sorrow, a lot of people barely making it. A lot of people, I'll tell you this, a lot of people are making it better than they think. They're making it better than they think, but their attitude is bad. Their self-talk is bad. They're not telling themselves what God has to say. And so they come to church cranky pants. But boy, I tell you what, if you have a loving church, I talked about the church in Marysville, Marysville Vineyard. Whoo, you want to go get touched by Ruach HaKodesh. Let me tell you something. The spirit is there. You go there, and I'm telling you, they pray every service. They pray that they'll just stop the service, and they'll say, 
folks go over there, you go over there, you go over there, prayer will break out. And I mean prayer like you've never seen in your life. I'm telling you, just a little country church, Marysville, Ohio. And it might go on, what, 45 minutes to an hour sometimes. Now you think, you think now you're thinking, well, God came here to hear preaching. No, 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 no. You're going to hear the word from the Father directly. And then the pastor who is a mechanic, he owns a mechanic shop. The pastor, you see him, you think, who's this guy? You know, because he dresses like me, a little better than me. Uh, and he'll, he does, he dresses better. But 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 still, he you know flannel shirts and all that in the winter time. It's Ohio after all. Winter starts in September, and so he will he'll get up there and you'll think, who is this guy? Dear man, will get up there and lay it on you. And sometimes he'll stop because the emotions will get to him. Just envisioning it puts emotion in me. I've seen him several times. He'll be preaching about somebody that's in a struggle, and it'll overwhelm him. And he'll have to stop. And his heart is is breaking for this person. Maybe somebody in the congregation is terminally ill. And man, one one fellow uh, farmer, uh, he talked about the one time, and he just was heartbroken over this fellow had cancer, and and he wasn't going to make it. And and no news. There was no news coming from that situation that was good. And I'm telling you, he started telling this story about this fellow and how. Now, I didn't know this at the time. I'll share something with you. He started to tell the story about this fella, and his heart was breaking for him and his, and his dear wife and his kids. And he just said, you know, I just, God, I don't understand. And he started having a conversation with God right then and there, a conversation with God. He was, we all disappeared from that audience, from that congregation. We disappeared, and he was crying out to God. And then, a few minutes later, this man, no hair, obviously going from chemo, gets up. He gets up, and he goes and gives the pastor a hug. You know who that man was? That was the man that would find his way to heaven in just a few months. He had gone through this conversation with God. He was petitioning God right then and there. And he said, it's going to be all right, brother. God's got me. He's got my family. It's going to be okay. I saw a man without arms. Got his arms ripped off in a in a farming accident. Turning the pages of a Bible with hooks. Singing praises to God. Lifting his hooks up. Remember this? Lifting his hooks up like this. I thought, man, what in the world am I doing looking at myself? Woe is me. But in these meetings, folks, in these meetings, these congregational meetings where we gather together, and look, I don't know what your church is like. I really don't. I've been in some churches. I thought, oh, lambs. Whew. <laughs> Boy, they need to sprinkle some blood on this church because they're not alive. Somebody needs to get a blood transfusion. The Holy Spirit has been trying to work, but then there's no blood in this place. No oxygen in this place. I say to myself, it's sad. It's sad. You know, the church I grew up in, great example of that. church I grew up in is the same size, not the one that we helped found. The same size. When I was a little kid, we went to that church. They're the same size now as when I was a little kid going to Sunday school in that church. 
there's no reason the population has exploded all around them. It's a resort town. Exploded. The winter population is more than it was in the summer when I was a kid. Some churches you gather together, you don't get encouraged. Some churches you gather together, you don't get loved on. That's what we need to do. And it says here very simply, very plainly, and let us do this all the more as you see the day. Approaching the day is capitalized. The day. What is that day? That's the day when the Lord will come again. I think most of us are sour, cranky pants, because we don't really believe what God said about us and what God said about him and what God said about what he will do at that time when the day comes. Philippians 4, starting in 7. Then God shalom, passing all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds safe in union with the Messiah, Yeshua. In conclusion, brothers, focus your thoughts on what is pure, what is true, noble, righteous, pure, lovable, or admirable, or some virtue on something praiseworthy. Come on now. It says real clearly, in conclusion, brothers, focus your thoughts on what is true, noble, righteous, pure, lovable, or admirable, and so, or some virtue, on some virtue, or on something praiseworthy. We spend all our time on a negative self-talk. No wonder some of us can't see the beauty on the other side. Here's what I do. I'm going to give you a little tip in my photography. You ever look at my photography? This is, this is kind of my objective in my photography. Some of those things that you see are in, were taken in an alley. Some of, the, some of the pictures you see, if you could see what's around it, you would say to yourself, now, I would have never known that was there. My goodness, I didn't know that was there. How in the world? Where in the world? People say, where did you go this week? What exotic land did you go to? And I said, well, <laughs> I was in my backyard. Now, don't get me wrong. I love to go to beautiful, amazing places and take photographs. It's a beautiful, amazing thing. It's what a blessing. I always feel so blessed when I'm somewhere. Even if the mosquitoes are eating me up, I'm so blessed to go to these places. I, I, it's a conversation with God. It's so awesome. What a privilege and an honor to enjoy his beautiful nature. But sometimes those places are in an alleyway. Sometimes those little flowers are out in front of a hospital. Trash everywhere in the inner city. Hospital trash right there. Sometimes I go in those places and visit people and use trash everywhere. But then there's these little flowers. You look to yourself and say, what in the world is that? Look a little closer. Sometimes you can see beauty. Sometimes you just have to stop and step back and say, let me just take a look here. Let me ask you a quick question. How many words can the average person listen to and actually hear per minute? The average person, not superheroes like John. I'm talking about the average person. The average person. Pastor and author Rick Warren had a quite a bit to say about this topic, and he reminded me of this this week. Proverbs 4.23, above everything, above everything else, guard your heart, for it is the source of life's consequences. Oh, my. How many folks are sitting there? We have some widows here, and, and painful. It's so painful. I can't imagine. My mother still, still grieves over my father. It's been going for years. Still grieves. Still grieves. I don't think it goes away. How many of you have lost your parents? Maybe it's years ago. You just, you don't, I don't care how old you are. Boy, grieving over your parents, that's tough. That's tough. And when you have no parent left, when they're both gone, you feel alone. 
then what happens? You feel like an adult, don't you? You say, man, I'm, I'm grown up now. I don't have anybody to pick up the phone and call anymore. Above everything else, guard your heart, for it is the source of life's consequences. Long before psychology came around, God said your thoughts determine your feelings and your feelings determine your actions. If you want to change your life, you have to control the way you think. You're not going to change anything in your life if you don't control how you think. And you better get busy because you know what we don't have? We don't have a whole lot of time. Most of the time, we have a whole lot less time than we think we have have been in here, and maybe in our radio audience you can attest to this, you were just talking to somebody, and you get a call, and somebody says, I've got terrible news. So-and-so is gone. I've been there many a time. And I say, no, no, no. (laughs) You're wrong about that because I was just talking to them. Just an hour ago I was talking to them. Everything's fine. No, it can't be. That's You're incorrect. You've got bad information. No, I, I hate to tell you. I know it for sure. So-and-so is gone. Boy, you ever feel like you've been kicked in the chest? Anybody ever feel like that? Some grief hits you so hard and so fast. When Katrina passed away, you know, those of you who know me know who Katrina was. She took care of my mouth after my crash. I had a lot of damage to my mouth, and so she she was the orthodontic technician. She took care of me, 23-year-old sweet girl. Her mother was just here in this in live audience here just a few weeks ago. And that girl, sweet Jessica, really sweet, sweet girl, she called me, and she said, Dr. Greener, she said, I have some news. I felt like I didn't want you to hear it anywhere else because we think so much of you. And she said, and I know that she loved you. And I thought, oh, goodness, what is she going to tell me? She said, Katrina is gone. I said, my Katrina, the Katrina takes care of me every six weeks? Little tiny Katrina gives me a hug and tells me how much she likes sitting there and asking me questions and telling me all about her life? What, what do you mean? What, it can't be. That can't be. I was just there. can't be. She said she's gone. She's going, I said, what in the world happened to her? You know, I'm searching my brain. I'm thinking car accident. She goes, you know what, Dr. Greener, I'm sorry, but I think that would be best coming from her mother. Little did I know it was heroin. Listen, folks, I'm going to talk about heroin, I believe, this Wednesday. Unless some big major, you know, national event happens, I'm going to be talking about heroin, the epidemic of heroin. I'm telling you, folks, it's one of the worst things to ever touch humanity. I know a fellow used to work for me, 23 people from his high school, and we're talking he graduated in the 2000s, 23 people, including his two best friends, have died from heroin overdose. He's lost a job, my my buddy, and I hate breaks my heart to hear it. He's lost a job, several jobs. He's lost uh, a beautiful wife and two children, and now he's going to jail. Heroin. Above everything else, guard your heart, for it is the source of life's consequences. Listen, your thoughts and your feelings. God said, look, your thoughts and your feelings matter. Don't think. God says in Psalms, the book of Psalms, the psalmist said, you know, he keeps account of our sorrows. The Father keeps our tears in a bottle, in a a wineskin. He keeps them for us. 
That's how much each tear matters. That's each, the pain that matters. It matters, but you can't stay in that pain. You can't keep bathing in that pain. You ever know? I know you know people like this. You ever know anybody that always sees the negative? They always see the negative in life. You say something, something happens, bam, they're going to find the negative. Something else happens, bam, they're going to find the negative. You say, well, well, there's some good in here. There's some good in here. There's some good. We got some good going on. And you tell them all about it. They're the Eeyore, right? They live like an Eeyore. How many of you know that? Well, I know, but now that means I'm going to have to walk farther to the mailbox to get the check that's coming every month. It's always something. I might slip and fall on a winter day on the steps. God said, your thoughts and your feelings, they, they determine your actions. If you want to change your life, you have to control the way you think. You're constantly talking to yourself. We constantly talk to ourselves all the time. I talk to myself all the time. I seem like a crazy person. That's why I keep this earpiece on so people think I'm on a phone call. Right? I'll be in the grocery everywhere talking, blah, 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 talking. I just keep this on. This is just a prop. It's just a prop. People don't think I'm crazy. Your mind is talking to you, though. You're talking to yourself. Your mind is talking back to you. You're having a conversation. You're talking to yourself right now, people in this room, if we're being honest, and all around the world that are listening to this broadcast. You're talking to yourself right now. Research indicates that most people speak at a rate of 150 to 200 words per minute, but the mind can listen to about five to 600 words a minute. That's why you can listen to me and plan tomorrow's dinner, tomorrow's breakfast. At the same time. In fact, our, in, in our internal dialogue, the conversation we have with ourselves is at a rate of about 1,300 words per minute. How? How can this happen? Because our mind sees in pictures. It doesn't see in words. And you can see a thought in a nanosecond. Listen, folks, not to brag, but I read in, still after the crash, I read at a level which is in the top one-half of 1% 1 in the world. Uh, before the crash, I could read between 1,300 and 1,600 words per minute. I read at a breakneck pace. I retain about 88, not now, not since the crash, but I, I did before the crash. I retained about 88%, tested every way you could find. The, the reading machines that test your speed, they turn. I said, turn that sucker up. Give me something good to read and turn it up. Paper goes through, and I tell them, 10 minutes later, 30 minutes later, 60 minutes later, two hours later, I can tell them. You didn't believe me. I used to be able to read two books at that rate at the same time, one on the left, one on the right, before the crash. I can't do it now, but I did. I was blessed. Man, I was so blessed, and I used to read vigorously. I have over 5,000 books. I could read so fast, and it, but the way I could read so fast is because I looked at the book. I looked at the page at one time. I didn't look at each individual. I could see, for whatever reason, my brain could see every word on the page at once in context, in order. And then the picture was like a movie. Boy, if it was a Tom Clancy novel, sometimes I backed off the book a little bit and looked around. It was so vivid. I could see so vividly. Your mind sees in pictures. The problem is a lot of us are like Job. You know what he says in uh, Job 9.20? Even if I'm right, my own mouth will condemn me. If I'm innocent, it would pronounce me guilty. He's saying, in effect, everything I say puts me down. If you're a typical to the human race, you're your own worst critic. Isn't that true? We're always putting ourselves down. We walk into a room smiling, but inside we're thinking, I'm fat, I'm dumb, and I'm ugly, and I'm always late. I'm always late. God wants us to stop putting ourselves down. 
when you put yourself down, who you're really putting down. When you say, I'm fat, I'm dumb, I'm ugly, I'm no good, I have no talent, I'm laid everywhere, you're pointing at the creator and saying you make junk. When you say, God, I'm worthless, I'm no good, I can't do anything, you're saying, God, you blew it with me. You did a good job with everybody else, but you blew it with me. That's why God says it's wrong to put yourself down. We do the same thing when we complain about the weather. Isn't that true? Right? Who made the weather? Amen? Not Al Gore. God. Same thing. I, I learned that. Somebody told me that. I said, don't complain about the My father, actually. Not a very spiritual man, but he told me. He said, don't complain about the weather. You believe in God? God made the weather? Don't complain about it. How do you eliminate your negative self-talk so you can become a more confident person? The Bible teaches the principle of replacement. Make no mistake, I'm not talking about replacement theology here. I'm talking about replacing your negative self-talk with the truth of God. Remember the biblical mandate of Philippians 4.8. It applies to us, ourselves, individually. In conclusion, brothers, focus your thoughts on what is true, noble, righteous, pure, lovable, and admirable, or on some virtue or on something praiseworthy. Come on, that's some truth being spoken. In other words, don't think all about those weaknesses in your life. Focus on who God is, who he wants you to be, and on what God wants you to do in your life. The will that he has for you, that corner you're afraid to see around. There isn't a better thing you can do to raise your confidence level than start believing what God says about you. Every time I find something in the Bible that I think, ooh, that speaks to me, you know what I do? I, I can't memorize anymore. At, at brain injury, I don't have memorization anymore. So I just try to make a note of it. You know, I like paper and pen. Not really. I type it on my thing and my notes function, put it in there. I say, Father, thank you that I'm valuable, that I'm significant, that I'm forgivable, that I'm capable, that you are God and that you forgive me. Above everything else, guard your heart, for it is the source of life's constant. Let God remind, let him renew your mind. Let me ask you, how much are you in the word? How much are you studying what God really believes about you? He speaks of it in his word. Don't forget to be in the word. Don't forget to, to, to dig in deep. Don't forget because it's important. Study the word every day. Memorize it. Meditate on it. And apply it in your life. With self-discipline in your daily quiet time with God. How are you doing with that? I say it all the time. Uh, somebody one time stayed with us and said, I, I don't think you're much of a preacher because you don't read your Bible. Well, I, re I read the Bible pretty much constantly. I bump into walls because I have it on my phone. I have it on my uh, my uh, tablet. I don't want to say what the name is. I keep giving free uh, free advertising. They don't need more advertising from me. And uh, and, and I, I tell you what I do. It's so fascinating to me. The scripture is so fascinating. I love it so much. But remind yourself. Sometimes I fall off too. You can't talk bad about yourself if you know what God, truly in your heart, know what God has to say about you. Amen? Join us on Wednesday, 4 p.m. Thank you for joining me today. Join us next time for Sundays with Dr. Sean. And please follow this show and the Collision of Faith and Politics radio show during the week at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the ninja pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at The Ninja Pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio. And check out all the free messages, archive shows, and buy Dr. Sean's critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America at www.drseangreener.com. Join us during the week. And in the meantime, 
Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining us in this fight.